Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merchandise store as well, onthefinside.threadless.com. Paul, the Dolphins play the New England Patriots this week in Foxborough. Dolphins are 3-0. and The Patriots are a surprising 1-2. and Very unimpressive, too. In their last two games, they were shellacked by the Jaguars at, to the point where they basically gave up at the end of the game. And then the Lions game, they're favored by a touchdown. They go in there and they lose by 16. Yeah, no, the Patriots do not look like the Patriots of old. They had some issues that were kind of apparent last season, both in the barely squeaked out win against the Jaguars in the AFC Championship game as well as in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. I mean, one of the big things that they had was their linebacking core was slow. Outside of that, they also you know, lost Julian Edelman to suspension. They lost Danny Amendola to some team called the Dolphins. And they didn't replace those guys, and they didn't bolster the linebacking core. So between the two of those things, they don't look very good right now. They're very slow and susceptible to speed, and Gase – really built this team along with Chris Greer and, and Mike Tannenbaum to to be a speed-based team. And, and, and so Miami matches up very well with these guys on paper. Yeah, you know, they did lose Danny Amendola, but one thing that they do have coming back this week, it's not Julian Edelman. He's going to have to wait another week until suspension's up. But they do get Josh Gordon back, and it's going to be that's going to be really the wrinkle here on, for both teams. How are the Patriots going to use Josh Gordon, and how are the Dolphins going to defend him if, if Gordon has some success getting deep? Because Gordon has shown the ability to just roll out of bed and be a very good receiver. I mean, he showed that a couple of years ago when he missed the first couple of games and then finished the year with over 1,500 yards receiving. Not quite sure if that's the same player. Not sure if Brady's the same player either right now. For three games, 64 completions on 100 attempts, just 606 or 644 passing yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. I don't know. Is, is this the beginning of the end for Brady at, at 41? So before I even dive into Brady, I just want to touch on Josh Gordon. The beauty of, of, of the fact that Josh Gordon's come rolling out of bed this week and coming out to be a dominant receiver is Miami's got arguably, as we've talked about the best cornerback in the game right now in, in Xavier Howard. So, I'd imagine Xavier Howard's going to do the same thing like he did with Amari Cooper last week and shadow Josh Gordon on the majority of plays. At that point, really as far as the receiving game goes, so long as Miami can double up on, on Rob Gronkowski and occasionally even triple up on him with guys like Baker, get Minka involved or Rashad with that, and, and really the rest of the receiving core is not scary right now. They're definitely not a scary thing. As far as Brady goes, you know, 
being up here in New England, I hear a lot of stories right now that a lot of folks are really unhappy he missed OTAs, especially given the fact that he's got a pretty brand new receiving core and doesn't seem to be on the same page with those guys. Maybe there's something to that. I, I, I mean, they're not the greatest crop of receivers, but they are blatantly not on the same page. So maybe Brady's lost a step. Maybe the fact that he hasn't had time to sync with his wideouts is, is part of the factor. And then you've got at the running back position, James White and Sony Michelle. White seems to be the effective one, but for whatever reason, Bill Belichick is trying to cram Sony Michelle down, down everybody's throat. And I hope it continues this week because he's definitely the less effective. Yeah, Sony Michelle, 3.5 yards a carry on 25 attempts. I mean, not very impressive. And to go back to what you said, you're exactly right, is that if the Dolphins have Xavier Howard on Josh Gordon, and he does what he did to Amari Cooper last week, which was two catches for 17 yards, that's a, ma- a mismatch potentially in the Dolphins' favor. Also, the Lions showed the blueprint last week when they went up against Rob Gronkowski. They double-teamed, they triple-teamed him, completely took him out of the game and tried to make the rest of the players beat them. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a little different feeling this year with the Patriots' passing game. The key is to get them to one and three instead of two and two so that by the time they get Julian Edelman back and have Josh Gordon up to speed, they're already potentially in a hole. Going uh, Moving along to the offensive side of the ball for the Dolphins, the Patriots get defensive end Trey Flowers back, the best pass rusher. But other than that, they really don't have, have a whole heck of a lot of a pass rush. I mean, Dietrich Wise, I believe, has two and a half sacks on the year. But overall, this defensive line is not looking all that good. I mean, not a lot of pass rush from the Patriots front forward forces them to blitz a lot more. And on run defense this year, the Patriots, just just against opposing running backs, 91 carries, 430 yards, almost 4.8 yards a carry on the ground. I was saying it last week, but I might say it again this week too. Kenyon Drake has got to be due for a big game here. He really is, but I will say the Patriots might try to do a little bit of what the Raiders did last week to try to neutralize the run game for Gore and Drake and and really load up that box, which if they do that, Miami's receivers going one-on-one on the outside, going one-on-one on the inside. Mike Gesicki actually is a guy that we can look at too this week that could have a huge game with how slow their linebackers are with the fact that uh, – uh, what's his face in their se- uh, Chung is out in the secondary still. I mean, Gesicki is in the best position of any of these guys to have a huge game here. I mean, his speed, his range, his leaping ability, and his catch radius. If this isn't the week that go- that Gesicki could go off, I don't know what is. Yeah, and as I've from what I've heard last, the Patriots should get Chung back this game. But even if he plays he's going to be playing hurt. So they've got him back. They've got Flowers back. But the linebacker core just placed on injured reserve is one of the one of their better players, Jawan Bentley. But he wasn't the fastest guy, but he was kind of that run thumper for them. So now they've got Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, and Elandon Roberts at that linebacker spot. Not all that impressive. If the Dolphins could spread the field out again, and get you know the Jakeem Grants and the Albert Wilsons on that on those one-on-one matchups with the line, with the Patriots linebackers and safeties presents a lot of mismatch 
advantages for the Dolphins here. It really does. And one thing I want to point out, too, is the fact that Miami pulled that trickery out at the end of the last game with the end-around pass, with, you know, the, the Albert Wilson run, with a couple of wrinkles like that where they're moving the personnel around and really doing some effective things. All that is going to do for this week is it is going to slow down a slow group of linebackers even more because they're having to do a little bit of extra thinking and a little bit of extra reading. And in that instance, they have to stay home just an extra split half a second here and there. And that opens up things in all facets of the game for the Dolphins. The fact that you always have to be on your toes worried about, you know, Miami going into a wildcat again with Albert Wilson, like they showed, but didn't execute against, I believe it was Tennessee. Uh, like that end around pass we just talked about Miami's not above doing fun and effective things that really maximize their personnel now. And with that being the case, those slow linebackers are going to look even slower here. Yeah. I'd like to see them do a few more of those things a little bit earlier in the game to make sure that they're kept on their toes the entire time. Yeah. There's a lot of mismatches the dolphins could have here. And it just seems like with the Patriots, that you know, I'm I'm the first person every year that when they start off one and two or they're you know if they're in the middle of the season they're four and three people are saying oh Patriots are going down this year I'm the first person that that steps up and says no we go through this crap every year can't we just wait for them to fail first but this is the first time I kind of get that feeling there might be something a little bit different with the Patriots I mean you look at Tom Brady and Bill Belichick their spat last year. When it when Belichick really wanted to keep Garoppolo, wanted to move on from Brady, and Brady was the one that stayed. You heard about Rob Gronkowski almost getting traded to the Lions, and Gronkowski stepping up saying, no, I want to be here. So it, it seems finally like this is an organization that is not on the same page. But the mo most important thing here, Paul, if the Dolphins win and they go to 4-0 and and the Patriots fall to 1-3, and it will be the first time since 2001, October 7th, 2001, that the Patriots are below, are, are two games under 500 at any point during any season. And then I think we can start thinking at that point, let's really have some fun here. Well, on top of that, it's Miami, if they win this weekend, effectively has not just a three-game lead on the Patriots, but really a three-and-a-half-game lead on the Patriots with all the head-to-head -head nonsense. So we'll be a quarter of the way through the regular season with Miami having a three-and-a-half-game lead and a very, very, very easy schedule like we've talked about. So that almost puts Miami really in the driver's seat, and the onus is really on New England to do a lot of catching up that, that's going to be very hard to do with Miami owning a lot of the head-to-heads here. So given that fact, this game early on here almost has a playoff-like atmosphere because it effectively gives Miami a great chance to be an 11 or 12 win team down the stretch given the matchups that they've got coming and barring catastrophe. Yeah, I mean, if they go 4-0 here, you look at the rest of the schedule, and thank you for our viewers and our listeners from last week. The Dolphins do not play the NFC East this year. 
they actually play the uh, the NFC North. So they're actually going to play the Lions, the Vikings, the Packers, and the Bears. So when you look at the schedule and the remaining pieces there, you're going to play the Bills twice. I know the Bills looked impressive, but I don't think that's going to last. You're going to play them twice. You're going to play the Jets. You're going to play the Colts. You're going to play the Texans. And you're also going to play the Bears and the Lions. So those right there are seven games that could be very, very winnable for the Dolphins. If you go to 4-0 and and you still have those seven games left in your schedule, yeah, I think it's very possible that you win 10, 11, 12 games this year. But the other side of that coin, if the Dolphins lose here and go to 3-1, and you know, we saw this in 2013 and in 2002, the Dolphins started off 3-0, and lost that fourth game, slid back into mediocrity and went eight and eight, nine and seven in those seasons. I think this year can be a little bit different, but they can't fall back to three and two here, losing to the Patriots and losing to Cincinnati next week or anything like that. No, completely. And, you know, one fun thing that I keep thinking about here, and, and, and this is putting the cart before the horse a little bit. I'm curious what your opinion is. Every year we hear about, the 72 Dolphins that, st- uh, that are still left, and the fact that when the last undefeated team falls, they pop that champagne. There's a very realistic possibly with only three undefeated teams left in the NFL three weeks into the season, which is crazy to me that we're at that point already. Miami could be the last undefeated team to, to be playing. And, and this is not me saying that they're going to go undefeated this year. I'd be very, very, very pleasantly shocked if that were the case. But does, does Mercury Morris pop that champagne when Miami loses a game eventually? Or is this the year that they don't necessarily celebrate the last undefeated team falling? I think they should each have a quiet drink at home if that's the case. Put, put the champagne aside just for one year. But it's, it is something interesting to think about. Yeah, just three teams, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Dolphins are currently undefeated right now. We'll see how it plays out. Paul, what is your prediction for this game? Do you see the Dolphins going 4-0? I really have Miami handing the Patriots their third double-digit loss in a row. Now, the Patriots are going to correct the ship a little bit after this. They get Julian Edelman back next Thursday. They'll have Josh Gordon a little more game ready till he decides to light up at some point this season, which is a, a more likely than not scenario based on history. But in this case, I've got Miami winning 27 to 13, and it could get uglier than that, depending on how hard Gates wants to push the gas pedal on this one, because they can't keep up with Miami's speed and Miami's defense, including their pass rush, which we haven't really talked about, is really, really set up well to handle this reeling Patriots team. They're reeling right now. Miami's got to take that final swing and put them on the mat. Yeah, we didn't talk about the pass rush. William Hayes is going to be out for the year. Andre Branch is going to miss a few games. Wake and Quinn are going to go against Trent Brown and Marcus Cannon. Those guys, those guys have actually done a pretty decent job on the outside, but not very. they're not the fastest either. So, Dolphins have an opportunity to get some speed around the edge. Looking for Charles Harris to step up, too, finally, because he's in that ever-important third defensive end role. But anyway, to get back to what we were talking about, you know, we've talked about the mismatches. I just can't pull the trigger yet. I'm going to go with the Patriots 20-17. to It's going to be a very emotional game. I think it's going to be one the Patriots 
know that they have to win and they have to rebound from. And I think they're going to do just that. I hope I'm wrong because if the Dolphins win this game, it's going to be their most important win since 2008 when they beat the New York Jets to win the division in the final week of the season. That will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins New England Patriots matchup. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merchandise store on the thefinside.threadless.com. Be sure to leave us some feedback and any questions you have or any way you want to contribute to the show, please hit us up on Twitter or any other of our social media outlets. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, Logi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save.